Alrighty. Dun, 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 dun. Yowch. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of The Afro Matt Show. I'm your host, as always, Afro Matt. Um, today we got another jam-packed episode full of um, goofs, gaffs, laughs, hoots and hollers, um, general buffoonery, and... Um, you know, the occasional horseman of the apocalypse. So, um, I mean, let's just get right in. I mean, really, oh, actually, you know, we, I'll start off with a story time. And this one, if you are, um, if you have like a back the blue sticker on your car, you might want to skip forward because I may have a few choice words for our, um, the boys in blue who serve and protect. Um, Actually, I mean, I, literally, this happened today. Not even, not even six hours ago. Um, you know, just literally driving, and um, actually, my girlfriend was driving. I was reading in the passenger seat, but I see a, a truck coming towards us, oncoming traffic, or I mean, on the other side of traffic, not not literally barreling towards us, but like. On the other side of traffic coming towards us and they flashed us. And I'm like, oh, this guy's a homie. He knows what's up. I'm like, so I told Tasha, I'm like, yo, just chill on the gas. Uh, there's probably a cop up here. So we chill, doing everything right. We know that there's a cop up there. Um, So we're cruising past and then he pulls out behind us. And so <clears throat> I didn't know. I didn't know he pulled out. But then Tasha's like, he's following us. I'm like, oh, shit. Um, I'm like, well, we're going down this street anyways, or, I mean, we got to go like, well, we got to go West anyways. Let's take, let's just take this left and just head West. Right. Um, and so we took that and then he followed us there. So now we're in like, now we're just cutting through like this whole neighborhood area. Um, it's like stop sign, stop, pause, go, stop, pause, go, stop, pause, go. And we break out into like another main street. And I'm like, well, we could use some gas. So let's take a left here. So we take a left into a gas station. Lo and behold, whoop, 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 lights. So we pull into the gas register, whatever gas dispenser. And um, he's there behind him. I, I pretend that I don't really see him. I get out of the passenger seat to fuel my, my vehicle. Um, and he's like, oh, whoa, whoa, hey, sir, hey, sir. And I'm like, oh, whoa, uh, what's going on here, man? I, I think I said something similar to that. I'm like, whoa, what's going on? So we're just doing a standard uh, standard traffic stop. I'm like, oh, what, what's up? And he's like, hey, ma'am, can you uh, can you bring over your license and registration, please? I'm like, uh, what's, uh, what's the deal here? And he's like, just hold on. He's like, take your hand out of the pocket. Because I had my hands in my pockets. I'm like, whoa, okay. So now I'm leaning against the car, waiting to fuel my, to f- waiting to fuel, um, and I go to I, I like to go to grab the nozzle, and I'm like ready to start, and he's like, "Whoa, ho, ho, hold on, hold down there, Bucko." And he, this guy was like a really nerdy. He looked like me with like buzz cut. Probably, I think he had these same glasses. He looked like a nerd. He looked like a nerd. Dude probably got bullied in high school. Um, has something to prove. 
He's got to be the big guy, got a big swinging dick syndrome. Um, but he's like, all right, just sit tight. You can fuel later. Um, I'm like, all right. So then I go and sit in the passenger side with like just chilling with the window down. And he comes to my side and he's like, um, hey, sir, do you have your ID? And I'm like, I'm like, why do you need my ID? He's like, oh, well, I'm just asking. You have the right to refuse. I'm like, yeah, you're not getting my ID. You don't need it. Um, so then he's like, well, can I get that registration? I'm like, yeah, sure. Here it is. Here's proof of insurance. Whatever you do, just go back, type in whatever you do, go do whatever. Um, you know, five minutes go by. I'm sitting there. I mean, Tasha's obviously frustrated and, um, emotionally distraught. I mean, who wouldn't under police interrogation literally followed us for like two miles um, and pulled us over. Um, he's like, oh, well, 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 I'm just giving you a warning. He's like, this is just a warning. Because she's like, she's crying at this point. She, he's like, it's just a warning. Nothing, just. And, and she's like, well, so what happened? What did we do? And he's like, well, you got to be careful. You got to put your blinker on 100 feet before you turn. Um, and you know, he's like, uh, you actually broke the law twice. Once when you did it there going west, when you took that first left, and you did it just now going into this uh, this this gas station, and um, so I'm like, so how how do I gauge a hundred feet? He's like, well, it depends if you're going fast or going slow, and I'm like, so I've got to memorize the speed ratios, speed to defeat ratios. It's just like the dude. The dude does not. Police don't have brains. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. Police do not have brains. They have something floating around in 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 liquid, in between, you know, behind their eyes, between their ears, just bouncing around in there. But it can't form like logical connections. It's like it has a hard time, um, you know coming to conclusions and, and, and it, it like makes weird assumptions. It's um it 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 does a good job at mimicking a brain, but it is not a functioning brain of anyone. Um so um so I finished fueling and he's still there and he's got this guy in like a hoodie. There's like a guy in just like a regular hoodie just chilling in the passenger seat of the cop car and I make eye contact with him. He looks like literally he looks like this guy. He he literally Looks like this guy. Um, let's see. Bad. Um, a friend of... What the hell is Jesse? Oh, Jesse's friend. What's that guy's name? Yeah, this guy. Uh, Badger. He, look, he literally looks like Badger. Badger from Breaking Bad. This guy. Here, I'm going to put a picture of him up. But if you're if you're not watching, he literally looks like this guy chilling in the passenger seat. He has a hoodie on and he looks like. This is him. This this is the guy chilling in the seat. Just Badger. So Badger's chilling in the seat. And I make eye contact. I'm like, what? Who is that? That guy's not a cop. He does not have a vest on. He does. He's just literally vibing in the seat. I'm like. Is that someone you arrested and just said, hey, man, I'll Uber you? Um, <clears throat> so 
So then he comes over to our window and he's like, you know, he does the thing where he like leans in, he's got his hand on on the roof and he's like, he's like, he's like, you're lucky you're getting off. This is just a warning. We're not doing a speeding ticket and anything like that. Um, we're, we're, he's like, you just got to be careful about when you put that blinker on. And I'm like, hey man, are we good to go? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, then bye. Like literally, literally said that like, hey, then go. Bye. We're done here. Okay, you pulled us over for no reason. And Tasha, of course, she's frustrated. She's, she's, she snaps at him, says, and I, I, I'm not going to hold her back. She's saying all the right things. She says, she's like, you literally followed me for no reason. You followed me for a, a mile down the block, and then you pulled us in when we were getting gas. And he's like, and then before he left, he said, how about you guys get some better attitudes? I'm like, what a douche. This is why, like, I've had friends tell me, like, yo, dude. You're really your your uh, your anti cop rhetoric is uh is really disappointing. Look, if you'd want me to like cops, how about um you show me a couple good cops? Show me any I, I've had almost every like almost every single interaction with a cop has been uh less than satisfactory, I will say that. Um, my first experience with a cop was a woman cop. Anytime you're getting pulled over by a woman, almost a guarantee that you're going to get a ticket of some sort. She pulls, she comes out. She looks like, you know, she's got that classic, you know, crew cut. She, she wants to be one of the boys, but the boys don't really accept her. So she tries really extra hard at her job. So she comes in, she's got her hands, you know, on the vest, like, I caught you going 15 over. I'm going to give you a traffic lie violation. Can I see proof of insurance? And of course, this is my first time getting pulled over. I'm like 16 going to high school. Um, and I'm like shaking. I'm like sh- literally vibrating, like shaking. Um, and I give her it and I'm like, and then she takes it and then she gives me the ticket. I just sit there stunned on the side of the highway, just like crying. So yeah, that was my first police confrontation um and then this one was my 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 most recent um almost everyone in almost every single interaction in between has been some sort of a negative reaction even like even cops that aren't cops like mall cops have been dicks i literally when i was in and and you can probably find i probably talked about in this podcast when i was in minnesota rest in peace george floyd um he um i was in the mall walking around with the mask down which we now know we're useless or i mean it's covid so really big deal right but the cop the 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 mall cop comes over to me he says hey i don't want to have to kick you out something along those lines i'm like for for my mask and he's like yes pull that up christ almighty it, it, the people that become police officers are just um just sad sad individuals with something to prove um look be a healthy individual and if you have something to prove just start a podcast and, and rant at rant at a camera by yourself right if you if you have some sort of like complex where you don't feel you don't feel like you belong anywhere except on a beanbag on the floor talking to a camera that's like 
you know, you don't have to join the armed armed forces to serve and protect. I kind of want, I, I should, like, I feel like from now on, if I get pulled over, I'm just gonna be like, hey, man, hey, thanks for serving and protecting this county. I was a major, vi- dude, the guy asked if I had weapons in the car. Do I look like I have weapons in my car? Yeah. Do you count 24 hot sauce packets from Taco Bell as weapons? Because if so, yeah, I'm stocked up. I mean, Christ almighty. All right. Oh, all right. We're, we're, we're getting into it. So, um, yeah, let's just start up the podcast here. Let's start up with going into the news. That was my little rant against the police, our police force here. That guy's really doing a good, a good job. A big ups to that guy. I don't even know what his name is. He looked like an Ethan. If you've ever seen an Ethan, he looked like how an Ethan would look. Like imagine in your head right now, an Ethan. And now put glasses. He probably, I mean, you're probably already imagining someone with glasses on. Put glasses on the Ethan. Now put him in a uh, army green vest with lots and lots of uh, pockets. They have lots of pockets. Who knows what's in all those pockets? Probably uh, 15, uh, <laughs> 15 cans of like pepper spray. It's just all those buttons that just says, you know, those buttons that you press and it says like that was easy, but it's just all it just they, they all just say the N word when you press them. His pockets are just filled with those. <laughs> but yeah, it, he's got pockets on the back when he turns around. It's he has so many pockets. I'm like, you can't even reach those pockets. Those are those pockets you cannot reach. Who's gonna open a pocket on the back of their their vest? He's got like pocket. He he's got pockets on his like thing, and he's like he's like turning knobs on on his on his walkie talkie on, on his belt and stuff. And I'm like, dude, you don't like, man. Like that guy goes home and probably just like logs into GTA and then just becomes a cop on GTA. That guy goes home and he role plays being a cop in a video game in his off hours. And he pulls people over and he's like, sir, you know why I pulled you over? You're supposed to be putting on your blinker a hundred, at least a hundred feet before you turn left right here. I mean, Christ, he's pulling the, he's the kind, literally the kind of guy that would play GTA and role play as a police officer. There are those people. There are those people that role play in GTA and he's like, he's got a gun. Let's see. Police, police, RP. And these people are the saddest people. GTA five. These people are the saddest people. If you do this out of like, if you're, if this is like satire, but no, these people take it super seriously. They've got like call outs and stuff. Sam, you need to get back in your vehicle. With this guy? Yeah. Here he goes. Due to explicit content, viewer expression is. This was posted five years ago. It has 3 million views. Uh, welcome to tonight's patrol. Of course, it is a 1095. As usual, we still have bolos out for a LSPD charger. What if someone just came, what if someone just came in and rammed out all these police officers in, in GTA? This is literally in GTA, and that's something. In GTA, you can commit mass acts of violence, and it's not frowned upon because that's the point of GTA. It's almost a violence simulator. Okay. Um, at this time, I guess we are good to go ten eight. Good to go ten eight. So what you're what you're witnessing right now is a man playing a video game doing highway highway patrol and there's other people in this video game that are gonna have to suffer 
this man's fantasy of being a highway patrolman. 1011 East Union Road going to be out with a orange Dukes. 1028 is going to be 49 Ocean Robert John 129. Occupy one time. 10-4, stand by for 28. So, I mean, they're talking to stand each other. Stand by for 28. Got it. Beautiful. I almost hit a coyote right across get, the highway. Uh, you want an additional? 2-7. 2-7. So I want you to get him. Stop. 28, one right He's doing up. a traffic stop here. So we got a traffic stop here. 28 is going to be Sam Hayward. This guy's this guy's license plate in the game has been customized to Shaft. Adam, Frank, Tom. Copy. I'll just wait for your 28 to come back, Bugs. For Four, can you roll at 1032 code 3? 1041 alpha 1. Can you respond 1097 code 3? So yeah, this is... um. So this is how people spend their days. Uh, this guy spends his day, logs in, and be, just plays as a cop. And that guy that pulled me over 100% role plays as a cop in GTA. And then wakes up and lives out his literal fantasy in real life on actual people. Um, so I have one thing to say to you. Piece of shit. Dick bag. Okay. Let's go into the apocalypse here. The second biggest bank failure in U.S. history just occurred. In the span of just a few short days, Silicon Valley Bank closed down and was taken over by the U.S. FDIC. Before the collapse, it used to be the U.S.'s 16th largest. Sorry, I forgot to play the. I forgot to play the uh, the news music. We are in the news segment. Okay, we got past the story time segment. We are now entering the news segment. So, um, bank failure. Uh, this guy explains it pretty well, so that's why I, I grabbed him. And this guy usually pr- explains things pretty well. And was taken over by the U.S. FDIC. Before the collapse, it used to be the U.S.'s 16th largest bank, 16th and it had over bank. $200 billion in assets as of last year. $200 billion in assets wiped out. This is the single largest U.S. financial institution to fail since the height of the financial crisis almost 15 years ago. 2008, so baby. So what actually happened, and how did we get here? It all started this past Wednesday when Silicon Valley Bank announced that it sold a bunch of securities at a loss, and it would sell another $2.25 billion in shares in order to shore up its finances. Now, this caused quite the panic because if the (laughs) bank already has enough money to cover everyone's deposits, why would they need to raise more money? And the simple answer is that they didn't, which caused a Mm. bank run. As you might have guessed from the name, Silicon Valley Bank Bank has a lot of tech startups that use it. And when the Wednesday news broke... So a bank run is when everyone hears bad news about either the economy or, I guess, in this case, the bank itself. It's not... They obviously don't have enough to pay the people the money that's in the bank, which I always thought was weird. Like, hey, so the bank, this is like a Seinfeld sketch or something. It's got to be. It's like, so you take the money, but you do not hold the money. Seinfeld, when he, um, there's a Seinfeld sketch where he's like, so you can take the reservation, but you cannot hold the rent of reservation. Seinfeld reservation bit. This is what I like. So this is a. Oh, it's it's for car reservations, not a restaurant. 
I don't understand. I made a reservation. Do you have my reservation? Yes, we do. So this is this is me going to the this is me going to the uh, the literal bank. Hey, I don't understand. I have money. I'm sorry, we have no midsize available at the moment. Sorry, sorry, we have no money here. I don't understand. I made a reservation. Do you have my? I I, I don't understand. I made a deposit. Reservation? Yes, we do. Unfortunately, we ran out of cars. Unfortunately, we were, we ran out of money. But the reservation keeps the car here. That's why you have the reservation. I mean, it's a perfect analogy. I'll just let it play. You're probably smart enough to understand the analogy, I hope. I don't understand. I made a reservation. Do you have my reservation? Yes, we do. Unfortunately, we ran out of cars. But the reservation keeps the car here. That's why you have the reservation. <laughs> I know why we have reservations. <laughs> I don't think you do. I don't think you understand. I understand why we have banks. Oh, I, I don't think you do. Where's the money? If you did, I'd have a car. So you know how to take the reservation. You just don't know how to hold the reservation. Yeah, and that- of course, of course. You know how to take the money that I deposit, but you don't know how to hold the money that I deposit. It's really the most important part of the reservation, the holding. Anybody see the most important part? Uh, this is a good part. You just don't know how to hold the reservation. And that's really the most important part of the reservation, <laughs> the holding. Anybody can just take them. Let me uh, speak with my supervisor. This is, uh, this is Silicon Valley talking with literally no one. And then it goes to- in the scene, she goes and talks to her manager, and it's just her talking nonsense behind a, a glass window. Um, but yeah, no, so that's the uh, Silicon Valley collapse. Apparently the 16th, I've never heard of them, but um, apparently the 16th largest bank in America. Does it spell good news for um, the the real estate market? Um, I expect my phone calls to be more difficult. A bunch of VCs started frantically trying to contact their portfolio companies to take their money out. Because if you try to think about the two outcomes, best case, nothing happens. Worst case, you lose all your money. So it's better to be safe and try to get your money out. This caused this. I think I'm. I think, and my bank, the bank I bank with, is is pretty small. So it's probably not in the uh, the range of being targeted by a, a bank run. But I think I might do a bank run tomorrow just in case. Like this guy says, worst case scenario. You put your money back in once you once it blows over. Worst case scenario, you have zero money. Stock price to absolutely crater. It dropped over sixty. Also, why do banks have stock and then prices? Another twenty percent after hours. By Friday, the stock was halted, and the FDIC decided to take over the bank. Silicon Valley Bank tried to find a buyer. It tried to raise more capital. Both efforts, which failed. And what's interesting to note is that this is also the fastest bank run that's ever happened because that's we're cool. able to withdraw our money digitally. That's cool. Before people had to physically go to the bank and try to withdraw their money, so it would take a lot longer. Imagine the physical FDIC withdrawals. The does insure deposits up to $250,000. Unfortunately, only 2.7% of all total deposits were under 250 k This is incredibly terrible news for a lot of tech startups. Most of these companies will not be able to make payroll in the next week. Yep, yep, and yep. who knows Lots how of people. long yeah startups going out of business okay so let's see we got i mean market collapse we we hate to see it but i mean it's inevitable here's how the second biggest bank in the united states history collapsed in just under 48 hours 
It began Wednesday when it survived, surprised investors with a new uh, that it, uh, with news that it needed to raise two point five billion. That's good. That whenever you see that, you know it's good news. Hey guys, we uh, we need about two point five billion dollars. So yeah, Silicon Valley Bank. Okay, now this is actually interesting here. So Silicon Valley Bank. Um. So this guy, Joseph Gentile. Joseph Gentile is the chief administrator officer at Silicon Valley Bank Securities. Prior to joining the firm in 2007, Mr. Gentile moved uh, uh, served as the CFO for Lehman Brothers Global Investment Bank, where he directed the accounting and financial needs within the fixed income division. Prior to that, he served as F- S- a CFO to Global Corporation Investment Bank and Bank of America, where he led the capital markets division. In addition to that, he was CFO for private bank. Previously, Mr. Je- Mr. Gentile spent more than 10 years at J.P. Morgan in various financial management positions, including global head. So, I mean, this guy, he's hopping banks and the last two banks he has been at have uh, have uh, been the number one and number two largest bank collapses ever. I say we keep a close eye on Joseph Gentile's next job. Very close eye. Um, could prove invaluable in the uh, coming years. I mean, this guy, you should avoid this guy like the plague after this. Every job this guy has had has ended in some sort of uh, collapse of the bank. Also, I saw this on Reddit of course, no clue on how valid it is, but this was an email, a quote unquote email that this guy just received from his bank to our valued clients. In light of recent in- industry events, the last few days has caught, caused uncertainty in the financial markets. We want to make a moment. Of course, this will make the rates go up because uncertainty is always bad. We want to take a moment to reinforce the safety and stability of First Republic Bank reflected in the continued strength of our capital, liquidity, and operations. Our capital remains strong. Our capital levels are significantly higher than the uh, regulatory requirements for for being considered well-capitalized. Our liquidity remains strong in addition to our well-diversified deposit base. We continue to have access to over $60 billion of available unused borrowing capacity at Federal Loan Bank and the Federal Reserve Bank. We are here to fully serve you. We stand ready to process transactions and wires, fund loans, answer questions, and serve you in uh, for overall financial needs, as we do every day. For almost 40 years, we have operated a single, straightforward uh, business model centered at taking extraordinary care of our clients. We have successfully navigated various micro, macroeconomic and interest rate environments, and today we have among the industry's highest rates of client satisfaction and retention. We are here to help you accomplish your financial objections and provide you with extraordinary service at all times. Please feel free to reach out to your first Republic banker or wealth manager if uh, we may be of service. It's a privilege to serve you. Jim Herbert, founder and executive chairman at Mike Roffler, CEO and president. So obviously other banks are kind of getting scared. Um, So... It's interesting. It's interesting to see what will happen. Uh, Keep an eye on big banks. Keep an eye on big banks for me, wouldn't you? 
All right. No. Here, this is this is pretty interesting. We love to see what's going on in our favorite our favorite country, East Palestine, over in Ohio. Ohio, as you know, has been ravaged in the last few weeks by um um chemicals. They've been the their major business crashed a car and then burned all their chemicals in their backyard. Super cool, super super awesome of them to do that. That's um not many not many people would be as thoughtful as them to uh burn in their backyard. But I saw this video and so apparently, I mean, I guess like I guess train derailments are kind of common, but I saw this video and this guy just like casually records a, a train derailment like on his phone for TikTok. So here we go. Safety across the country. This is the moment 20 cars peeled off the track near Springfield, Ohio. Residents nearby were asked to briefly shelter in place. Today, local officials say they're. This guy. This guy. There is no field, Ohio. Like, so. the country. This is the moment 20 cars peeled off the track near Springfield, Ohio. Jesus Christ. Residents nearby were asked to briefly shelter in place. Today, local officials say there is no public risk. So I heard I heard something that's interesting. So Ohio, of course, Central America or Central. Yeah, I guess Central United States. Um, they're. Them and the Ukraine are two of the largest food producers for America. So I'm not saying Ohio is like a major point in that, but I'm saying it's weird that lots of chemicals are being spilled. They're like totally blowing up the small town in they're essentially making it a, a, a biological hazard to live in a small town. In Ohio. Um, and I, I keep on saying they. This is not the uh, the Kanye they. Okay. This is the uh, the royal they. Not the Jewish they. I, I want to make that very clear. I want to make that very clear. I, I feel like it was clear. And now I've just kind of con- convoluted it. And now you think I might be saying the Kanye they. It is not the Kanye they. It is the royal they as in... Um, as in Whoever it is. Um, yes, not the Jews is what I want to say. I want to get that out of the way first. So my YouTube video stays on. <clears throat> A spike in incidents? We are not. So like I said, we'll be keeping a close eye on Ohio here going into the next few uh, few weeks. It's always interesting to see what kind of... Uh, what kind of weird diseases? I feel like uh, coming soon, we'll we'll start seeing like ads. Or you or a loved one in East Palestine, Ohio, uh, in 2023, March through whatever. Well, you might be entitled to a large cash settlement. Do you or a loved one have cancer of the lungs or skin cancer from rashes? Did you get rashes in March of 2023? Well, you might be entitled to a large cash settlement. Did you drink? Did you literally drink water in Ohio in March 2023? Well, you might be entitled to a large cash cash settlement. Please call this 
you know, some lawyer is going to cash in and it's going to happen. Um, we might even see some sort of um, interesting drama documentary about the whole scenario starring Mark Ruffalo or something, you know, um, it'll be interesting. But um, so let's lighten this up. Let's get um, let's get my boy. Mr. Beast. So this is this not is the worst. Oh, as- got, so this is. This is not Mr. Beast. I call this guy Mr. Mark of the Beast because this guy is a, a demon, a plague to the world. This video is called "I Spent a Hundred Hour in a Hundred Hours in the World's Poorest Country." This is the worst poorest country, and there is a lot of bad things said about it. That's why I'm. There's a lot of bad things said about it, and these kids are drinking mud. He's he's taking videos of these kids drinking mud. Actually, these are these are these kids are actually just in East Palestine. A lot of bad things said about it. That's why I'm going to spend the next 100 hours here to see with my own. I'm gonna spend the next 100 hours here, trade, and, and he's got the emojis to see if it's poor or not. Okay. Report, we saw something that we didn't expect. The policeman was asking us to give him money for no reason. So I was wondering if the rumors are true. And after three hours, we made it out of the airport to meet our guy. Welcome, Burundi. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> it was already 5 a.m. in the morning and the sun rose. While being in the car, our guide said something shocking. That the average salary of workers in Burundi is... Around $200,000. It's $100. Yeah, it's around $100. In the United States, it costs around $50 to get a haircut. Let's see how much it costs here. Are you ready? No. Getting a haircut. Outside to see Nassim haircut. How much is normally a haircut? One thousand. One dollar. Two thousand. You got fifty cents haircut. Fifty cent haircut. They're cracking jokes. I mean, this is fun. You agree, guys, right? Here's your 50 cents. This guy seems kind of... This guy's like... And he's like Mr. Beast. He doesn't even give away a lot of money. He, he actually just pays this guy 50 cents. Thank you. When we left the barber shop, I saw... He didn't. I was half expecting him to give him like a hundred... Like five dollars or whatever. Like ten times the price of the... But he literally just paid 50 cents for the haircut. And left. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So something that I wasn't expecting. This is a house of a person here. Look at this. People actually live here. Oh my word, this is an actual... Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, this is... Uh, it's extreme poverty. Oh my gosh, people actually live here. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is a third world country. Hey, welcome to a third world... What, what is it? <clears throat> what do the comments says? Say, uh, they say, take notes, Twitter. This is what poverty tourism looks like. I've been pissing myself laughing for like 20 minutes straight. The, the, the mix of Mr. Beast copycat editing and the total lack of self-awareness is truly one of a kind. This is the best video ever made on the planet. Imagine telling children without the internet that they will have access to the world's largest source of informa- information and resources um, will be imperative to their potential. Um, uh, when he went into someone's house and started criticizing it, yeah, this is, I mean, this is crazy. He's like, people actually live like this? It's like, yeah, this is, this guy's living in a tarp. Yeah, look at this. People actually live here. Oh my word, this is an actual house. Look at all the kids outside waiting. Hello! <laughs> all the kids of the neighborhood came and surrounded me, but I didn't know why. They don't let my hand live. <laughs> 
they are still following us, that's it. On our way to the hotel, our guide suddenly noticed that we were running out of gas. There is one kilometer line that the cars are waiting to put gas. And there is no gas. <laughs> They're waiting for gas that's not even there. I never experienced something like this. After a lot of phone calls, finally he found a friend that gave him some gas. And we were on Great, the... Great, dude. They're in like a gas hellscape. Like there's no gas anywhere. Dude has the wealth to pay more than 50 cents for a haircut, haircut and he still didn't. The lack of self self awareness in this video is staggering. I mean, this is pretty funny. Like, if he actually let's hear Nasim come, they do this, and they sh okay, put it down. So now he's looking at pigs. <laughs> this is the toilet here, Nasim come. They do this, and they shit like this probably. I'm learning so much. It's like the best day of my life. This is like <laughs> yeah, this is the best day. This is this is tourism. There's gonna be like they're just gonna put a giant glass like dome around Africa, and it's gonna be like there's gonna be like ships flying around, and and it's gonna be like hey, please don't tap on the glass. It's like the the poverty the the impoverished country does not like you to tap on the glass. Now please step away from the glass. And let them, let them do their thing. And this guy's like, this guy's like tour. He, he is touring. He chose this place because it was poor. Poverty tourism is the newest big hit. Newest big hit in the world is poverty tourism. Um, I for one, I probably wouldn't feel that safe. Um, and it's interesting because the more people that tour a place, the less poverty it gets. So it's like, because it's like fueled by the uh, the tourism. So it would eventually become not impoverished. And then, interestingly enough, once those funds dried up, they would become impoverished again. But it would become like a new like pseudo impoverished, like if Vegas went out of like, if Vegas just became like kind of a hellscape of poverty, like like they banned gambling and everything just like dried up there and it just becomes like some sort of like people are like shooting each other in the streets and no one really cares because it's Las Vegas. Um, People start touring there and the, but but the but the tours are like on tracks like they put you on a track like a bus or like a train and the trains in a glass bubble so you can't. So they can't get in and they can't stop the train and they can't damage the tracks or anything. So you're just just rich people on tracks and it like stops every stop. It has like another little big bubble so you can kind of walk around and look at look at the people doing their thing and and then get back on Hey, train departs in 15 minutes. Take a look around. Don't touch anything. Don't tap. Please don't tap on the glass. I've said this twice. Um, and then get back on and we're going to go on to uh, Yugoslavia next and um, check that out. So, uh, but yeah, I love this video. And of course, oh, he had to, uh, start a GoFundMe. Let's see how much his GoFundMe has raised, uh, $15,000. According to United Nations, Burundi is the worst, poorest country. And when I went there, it was shocking for me to see how poor they are living. They don't have access to clean water, to food, to medicines, and a lot of other necessary things that we've been blessed with. And that's why we oh want my to God, dude, Mr. Beast and his concert. This is the this is Mr. Beast and his consequences in the world. I've said this before, but Mr. Beast is going to turn out to be the worst thing that's ever happened to this nation.
and probably the world. He, I mean, he might be the mark of the beast. He's literally marked the mark of the beast. He is Mr. Beast. Um, wait, I have a couple, I have a couple videos from Mr. Beast actually that I thought were pretty funny. These are TikToks so that we're going to skip ahead here and do them out of order. If I give you a hundred dollars, would you go to the, if I, so this is Mr. Beast and he like, so if you don't know who Mr. Beast is, and I don't know how you don't, he gives money to people, um, because he's like rich and he gets paid by advertisers or something. Give you a hundred dollars, would you go to the Arctic Circle and give me a present from Santa? No. If Hell I no. give you five hundred dollars, would you fly across the world to give me a present from Santa? Like right now? Literally right now. Um, so this girl's on her way to the Arctic Circle. I doubt she's actually in the Arctic Circle, but the gift for Mr. Beast. So now they're flying her back. So he 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 pays these people to just be in his video and whatnot. So um, I think there was another one. Oh yeah, yeah, this one's pretty good too. But he like crushes. Like imagine the crushing weight of this decision that this guy is about to make. Listen. So Mr. Beast, so this guy's working at Walmart. And so you have to put yourself into his perspective. You're working at Walmart. Your shift's halfway up. You've got an earbud in. You're, uh, you're five seconds from drive. Like you're thinking about maybe today when I drive home, I'm going to, I'm going to rant. I'm going to, I'm going to hit 120 and go straight into that, that, uh, that off ramp, that off ramp exit. I'm just going to ram that, uh, that bridge. That bridge um, pillar, I'm going to just hit it straight on. I got to hit 120. Today's the day. I'm not even going to wear my seatbelt. I have a higher chance of dying. So that's so that's you, your, um, your stocking shelves, and that's what's going through your head. You're like, well, you know, my life kind of sucks. Um, and today... And I know, I, I know this because I, I, did a, I did a job, and I mean... It, it's it's real re, uh, retail so you're dealing with customers coming up to you and being like hey can you help me find this item whatever whatever and then they're like oh you guys don't have it you guys can you check the back and you check the back and then they're like well can i can i see if the manager has it stored somewhere whatever you just want it, it it's a it's a grueling job and so it's a grueling job the one hope that you have is mr beast right here mr beast walks down your aisle this guy's cleaning up walks down the aisle and he asks you a question and you're like, I've just hit the money, the mon- the, um, I just hit the jackpot here. How old are you? Uh, 5'11". Six foot. If I measure you and you're actually six foot, I'll give you $10,000 in cash. Do you want us to measure you? Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna need you to take your shoes off. Without shoes, it might be a little shorter. Bring out the tape measure. 10 grand if this is accurate. What did you say you were? 5'11". Ooh, what? Looking at a 5'10". Really? Ooh. This is awkward. $10,000 on the line. Oh, awkward. You don't get $10,000. Oops. You go back to a boring, soul-crushing job. Is he six foot tall? Probably not. Oh, well, I'm going to let you pick. Do we include your hair or do we not include your hair? I'm going to say include. Okay. I'm going to go right here. He is literally exactly six feet tall. You're lucky we made you take your shoes off. Here is $10,000 in cash. Straight away. Shake my hand right now. It's yours. I can walk away with this right now. I already gave it to you. Thank you so much. No problem. Shake my hand again. It's your money. I promise. Nice. 
Mr. Beast helping helping a man that other that other guy who did not get to ten thousand dollars because he was one inch away is uh, Mr. Beast should be held directly responsible if that man goes postal and brings a fully automatic weapon to his office or to the uh to the workplace to the Walmart. Mr. B should be held responsible. Um, someone needs to hold that man responsible. You can't have that much money and just like start giving it away. Some people don't get it. Some people do. It's a lottery system. People are going to get violent. I feel, feel like maybe one of these days you get, you don't give the money to the wrong per or you. So you don't give the money. So you, so the you, the you you interview the wrong person and they lose the money and and something bad will happen something very very bad something that will end up on the news in several several states it might be a federal level event um due to Mr Beast Mr Beast will be subpoenaed in an event of mass destruction um and it's a spiral because he has to bring more money, like $10,000. Yeah, next time it's going to be a hundred. There's a breaking point where if someone has their, they have a briefcase in their hand, they answer a question wrong. The brief take briefcase is given, a, like taken away. There's a breaking point. There's a dollar amount that will break that person. For me, it would probably be that $10,000. If they said, Hey, how tall are you? And I said, Oh, I'm five seven. They make me take my shoes off, and I'm like, Oh well, not now. They measure me. I'm five six, and 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 you know, I have I have the ten thousand dollars in my hand, and he, then he takes it, and then post it on on TikTok, and everyone's like. The next day, everyone's like, dude, you had 10,000. You met Mr. Beast and you still did. You didn't even know your height. You didn't even know. You ain't even know your height. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I would do any violent, anything violent. I would never do anything violent. But Mr. Beast, one of these days, is going to end up on uh, uh, subpoenaed for something. It's going to be bad. And I'm just going to be, I, I like to keep eyes on uh, eyes out there and, um, it'll be interesting. Like, there's no way that he like, are these actors? I guess the only way that that doesn't happen if, is, is if these guys are actors, right? And he gives them all, he gives them money. He gives them like $5,000 instead of $10,000. And they're like, just pretend that you're happy of getting $10,000, right? And then the other guy, they're like, yeah, we're going to give you $5,000 anyways. Just act disappointed when we take this away. I mean, that's something that could happen. And that's probably better, best case scenario. Um, but if these people are just chosen at random, you're not doing psychology background checks. Like one of these times, Mr. Beast, one of these, heed my warning. He's going to start some sort of weird, like, it's going to be bad. I saw Mr. Beast. He posted on his uh, on his he he came out with a new um, chocolate bar and he posted on his Twitter. He's like, "Hey guys, if you could do me a major favor, please. If you see these candy bars disorderly in your Walmart, can you just straighten them up for me?" 
So then everyone started responding and they're like, hey, man, you have two million dollars like to give away a day for your TikTok. How about you pay someone to do it for you? So now people are going into Walmarts and breaking and smashing all of his chocolates, which I respect because the dudes, I don't trust the dude. The dude's trying to cure blindness. I don't trust that as even close to trusting that at all, at all. All I'm saying, Mr. Beast, stay away from, I mean, don't stay away from me. Come towards me. I'll I'll do whatever you want. Mr. Beast starts um, like a human centipede or something. Last one to leave the human centipede wins. I, I I've never seen that movie, but I I know that's gross and violent. So I I imagine that's the end game of uh, Mr. Beast. Okay. Wall Street Journal. Elon Musk is planning to build his own town. Okay, so now we've gone from Mr. Beast, which is like so Mr. Beast is rich, but Elon Musk is like r- more rich. Mr. Beast. Elon Musk is like Except Mr. Beast doesn't, or Elon Musk doesn't give away any of his money, which is, um, in a way, kind of makes him more human. Because you're like, I can't fathom having a billion dollars. I can't, first off, I can't fathom that, but I can't fathom having that money and then giving it away, right? Now, something about Mr. Beast giving away his money seems uh, comes off as to me as highly suspicious, highly suspicious. And he like records every good deed that he does. I'm sure that he donates or like builds trees or something. But um, so Elon Musk is building his own town, which is pretty cool. Elon Muskville. I don't know what it's going to be called, but that would be cool. Muskville. Hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm in Muskville. Um, so he's a billionaire. Yeah, Elon Musk, you know him. Companies, uh, tw- uh, you know, now owns Twitter. Uh, they've been acquiring thousands of acres in land in Texas with the hope of starting a town with his employees could live and work, according to the report from Wall Street Journal Thursday. Musk in 2020 announced that he was going to move Tesla's headquarters from California to Texas, blaming frustrations with California's coronavirus-related restrictions based Last year, Tesla opened a new gigafactory in Austin. So, I mean, so he builds a town. So he's building a town for all of the employees that he, that he, li- so the, the interesting thing about this is then you get into like slave theory. Like, so, so now you work for a company and you live in that company's town and you like, I guess shop. He's buying thousands of acres, so you probably shop at that company's, that com- that town's shops, and you pay rent to the company that you. So you are almost work like almost everything you're doing is going back into the company. So you're you're uh, you're you're decreasing, like how much they're paying you. Really much, like kind of. So if you live where the company tells you to live. And you like shop at all the company shops just because they're convenient and maybe you get a good discount. All of a sudden, 
gets a little bit what is it share share crop what is it share cropping what what is that what is a share crop i i feel like why why do i feel like that might not be the right word okay um okay history.com what is a share crop i know this was a slave term is a type of farming in which families rent small plots of land from a landowner in return for a portion of their crop to be given to the landowner at the end of the year. Different, right? Okay, so I mean, it's kind of like reverse sharecropping. Maybe? So, I don't know. I don't really know. But yeah, Elon Musk making his own town. We'll 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 uh, we'll update this. It's interesting. It definitely has potential to be uh, epic. Um, let's see. Let's just move on to oh oh child labor. I, I cannot skip this because this is Arkansas. This is my my home. Arkansas governor signs bill rolling back child labor protections. So this is Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Arkansas Republican government Sarah Huckabee Sanders signed a bill into law this week that rolls back the number of child labor protections across the state, including a measure that required employers to obtain both certificates for children to obtain work certification for for ticket. I'm done. Employers to obtain work certificates for children under the age of 16. The governor believes protecting kids is the most important, but that you got to love, but so this is like a quote, I guess from Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She says, I believe that protecting kids is the most important, but this permit was an arbitrary burden on the parents to get permission from the government for their child to get a job. Sanders spokesperson Ella Alexa Henning said in a statement, all children labor laws are actually are actually protect children still apply and we expect businesses to comply as they are required to do so. Previously, minors under the age of 16 needed to verify their age and get written com- consent of a parent or guardian before work. Certificate uh, the before a work certificate could be issued to the state's division of labor. Um, which pass? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. The bill's passage comes after Biden administration announced last month that plans to crack down on labor exploitation of migrant children. Well, okay, here we go. This is interesting. So now kids can get finally kids finally back to work. That's what I've been. That's what has been missing in this economy. This is what needs. This is what needs to happen. We need a good jump start. This economy needs so bring out the jaws of life on this economy. Start getting the kids out there cleaning chimneys. Start getting them getting their, you know, fingers chopped off in sewing machines. This is what we need. This is what will save the economy. I fully support this. Get the kids out there. Get them doing hard labor jobs, 12, 16, 18 hour shifts. I'm talking doubles, trippers, triples graveyard shifts skeleton crews this is where the children belong take them out of school don't even ask the kids if they want to be in school put them in jobs first 
and then be like, oh, yeah, school's also an option. They start like the kids start like preschool is just like job training. They're taking like job application tests and stuff all day. Hoping to secure a position because jobs will be so rare that instead of actually going to school, kids will just be training for a single job that they hope to get. And then once they turn 14, they're like, yes, I got my job that I'm going to be in for 48 years until I jump off the roof because of my severe crippling depression. You know, they, they get it out. We just, we, we do away with the whole, the whole college argument stops because people are like, oh, oh yeah. Why am I going to college to pick my degree when, um, there are no jobs. So how about we just rewind it? No one needs college. Everyone just trains for the job that they, that they're given at the age of seven And then when they turn 16, they have that job for the rest of their life. Look, this is such a good situation. It takes away the stress. Look, listen, I can hear it now. Hey, guys, isn't the stress of choosing your own course in life way too much? Don't you hate having to change your degree four, five, six times, right? You can't decide between... Oh, I want to be a music major. Oh, but man, I kind of like this math class. I think I'm going to change it to uh, science, whatever, general science. Now I have a general science and now you're in college for five years, right? And you haven't gotten a degree. We're fixing that and you're going to get your degree. How about this? Free college, but you take all your college courses in high school, right? Right? So going all through like middle school and junior high or whatever, you're taking these classes and then you choose your choose your degree when you're 14 and then you instantly start training for the job that you want. And those years in high school, those are your uh, those that's when you get your associate's degree. Look, guys, this isn't dystopian. This is the future that you want. This is the future we need. So it's, a, it's a self self-sustaining economy here. Um, but so yeah, Arkansas girl boss moment from Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She really girl bossed the fuck out of uh, child labor, I'd say. Um, all right, let's go into some TikToks here. Um, all right, let's start off with this one. This is a DJ Khaled. Uh, DJ Khaled, I've kind of gone into a bit of a DJ Khaled uh, rabbit hole here. So we're we're in a K-hole. DJ Khaled. We're, we're, in a, we're in a literal K-hole. DJ Khaled hole. Here we go. Always remember, they, they work 24 hours. So now, I don't think he's actually talking about the Kanye they, but he might be. I'm not too sure. Always remember, they, they work 24 hours. So do we. We won't let they win. We will. We won't. We won't let they win. We will. So I mean, I, I kind of decipher what he's trying to say here. He's saying that, you know, your ops, your opponents, you, the people that are out for you, the people that you're competing against, 
They're working round the clock, so you should too. Always remember, they, they work 24 hours. So do we. We won't let they win. We will. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Kanye West. A little bit of inspiration from Kanye. Okay, this is an interesting one. Anytime uh, anytime a TikTok starts (laughs) off with a kind of casual schizophrenia, it's going to be interesting. So this lady is... um, I'll just let her go through it because obviously... Obviously, she has an issue here. Okay, if you're new, my husband and I both have schizophrenia. And for some reason, mine has just, like, really been, like, up and popping recently. <laughs> I was cleaning the bakery. And <laughs> this video has, like, 12 million views, by the way. Not even kidding. There was a cookie on the sales floor. <laughs> we give out free cookies, right? <laughs> now I'm trying to figure out what <laughs> Which customer was a hallucination? Because I must have handed a cookie to no one. It even had the pink paper that I wrapped it in. It's so funny to me. God, what a nightmare hailscape of a world we live in. What a nightmarish, what a nightmarish world. This is like, this is like, you know why this doesn't seem sci-fi or this doesn't seem post-apocalyptic is because actually people back then didn't even, they weren't even creative enough, creative enough to write about like people posting literal schizophrenic people becoming viral on the biggest social media app which, by the way, is literally siphoning everyone's information all the time off of your phone. Um, but the main thing that makes her famous is her uh, not even latent schizophrenia, a blatant schizophrenia. Um, so that's her big thing. You know, like last time I said that there always has to be one thing because everything is so crowded Everything is so crowded in the world. You have, um, you know, a million people have an OnlyFans. So the one person that has cancer and OnlyFans is like, hey, man, that's kind of your, that's your marketing stick. Stick. Now go with it. Run with it. Market yourself as the cancer, the, the hot cancer girl, right? Bald head. Keep on going. Start posting that stuff. So now it's like. You have to market yourself. You have to find like the only people that become famous now are like either the top one one point zero zero one percent of the most handsome people or the most pretty, sexy people, or the bottom point zero zero one of like ugly people. Um, so like the only like it's it's only the massive polar opposites. There's no just average Joes. Like I feel like I'm kind of an average Joe, just online talking into a mic maybe latent schizophrenia maybe um but so this lady she's like a content creator she's like the schizophrenic tiktoker which is cool it's cool that that's a thing so i'm i'm excited for the future because it's only gonna have to be you're only gonna have to be more crazy like you're gonna have to become like i don't know it's like like an actual terrorist is like a tiktok star like an open 
jihadist, like a Taliban member is like a TikTok star. Just the most extreme things ever just becomes popular on TikTok. It'll be interesting. Like I said, I mean, it's like hard to predict even what's going to happen because first off, I don't even know if TikTok will be like banned by the government soon or or, or what, but um, I don't know if the economic, the, the economy will collapse and, and my rent here will go from whatever $800 to, um, you know, $2,000. I'm going to be on the street doing a podcast from the street. It's hard to predict now. Like usually like, like when I started this podcast, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's easy to predict a vague, like, yeah, people in the future are going to be like, there's going to be way more homeless. Like, okay, yeah, there's going to be more homeless. Who cares? But it's like hard to predict what's going to happen even five years from now. Like, is no one going to have a job because of AI? Who's going to get us first? Is it going to be AI? Is it going to be the actual economy and like actual starvation? Um, is it going to be some sort of uh, war on the verge, like some maybe maybe a secret invasion, the likes of Marvel, you know, like secret spec ops insider, you know, you know, psyop situation where they frame false flag. What what's going to happen? What's going to happen in the next five years? It's going to be a roller coaster, that's for sure. And I promise one thing. And I promise you this, and if there's one thing that you can hold true, if this, if I don't die by like the CIA or something, I doubt that I'm on their radar, but I will 100% document myself through the events that unfold. Thank you for listening. Bye.